You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. Guess who this and that nation? It's Brenda and David, your co-hosts of This and That with David and Brenda. We're back for another episode of our eclectic podcast where we talk about some of everything that's anything. Yes, coming to you from Podcast Land Studio. Greetings to everybody out there in this and that nation. As uh, longtime listeners know, we are heard on six continents everywhere except Antarctica and in over 50 countries. And uh, I forget how many states. It's over 100 plus cities in, in the U.S. In the yeah. U.S. But I forget how many states. We're excited to be back with you on this day, November 12th, 2020. And this is episode 52, our second episode of season three. Yay! All of the opinions that were expressed are the opinions of the co-hosts. No other individuals, entities, ghost goblins, etc. Now, like we always do, we have to give our shout-outs to not just all of this and that nation, but call out some of the um, locations where we are listened to. And so let's start out here in the United States. We'll start out with a shout-out to Atlanta, Georgia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Las Vegas, Nevada. And when we do a shout out to our international listeners, we go to Edinburgh, Scotland, London, England, Berlin, Germany, and Mexico City, Mexico. So shout out not only to those locations, but we want to give a shout out to our military men, women, and canines, wherever they are located, who are listening in to our podcast. In addition, their dependents and those who are co-located with them, like the different support groups. That's right. Thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We also want to shout out all first responders, police, fire, 911, EMTs, and so forth for um, all that they do day in, day out. And in this age of uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, we definitely want to give a shout out to all of the frontline healthcare and medical workers who are out there uh, literally putting their lives on the line to help those in need. And don't forget to give a shout out to other frontline Uh, workers like our teachers, grocery store employees, truck drivers, and other essential workers. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do not want to forget them. Now, David, we always tell folks our podcast is free, right? That's correct. It's free, always been free, and will always stay free. And it's free wherever they listen to podcasts, correct? Yes, it's free and available wherever you listen to your podcast. That includes all of the major platform streaming services, such as um, our home base, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. And of course, since uh, the beginning of season three, we are available through Amazon Music. Woohoo! And uh, we are also available on all Alexa voice-assisted devices. So those, that brand of smart, smart speakers, wherever they're deployed. Okay, so if there are individuals listening to us and they want to get in touch with us, how do they do that? Easiest way is to drop us a line at the show's email address which is this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's spelled this, the letter N as in Nancy, that, 
all nine characters together at sign about greatercincinnati.com. We also have an email distribution list folks can sign up for, also called our eblast. Uh, in that, we talk about things that are on the show, plus a lot of extras that don't make it into the show are in there as well, and um, goodies, what are we doing, and so forth. And people can sign up for that when they drop us a line as well. Now, signing up for our email distribution list is also another good way to keep up with uh, when we have new editions of our podcast if you're unable to subscribe, right? That is correct. So you can uh, use apps, et cetera, and subscribe to the podcast through conventional means. Go for it. But for those who do not, yes, that is the eBlast is a way to kind of subscribe via proxy because we will have links to um, the most recent shows, ways to get into past shows, and like I said, a lot of different extras that don't make it into the show as well. Now, for those that want to... um financially support our podcast can they now do that they can indeed again the show is free any type of support to the podcast is entirely optional voluntary and it is not 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 tax deductible in any country on the planet that is correct not not capital letters blazing red letters not Exactly. So if folks want to help the, keep the show going with, you know, small dollar donations, U.S. dollar do- denominated donations, you know, dollar here, dollar there, five dollars, etc. Um, in the e-blast email distribution list, down at the, towards the bottom, you'll see a whole bunch of different icons. One of those icons is a dollar sign. You can click on that and um, make um, uh, a, a support payment that way or also beginning with season three in each episode's uh home base web page on soundcloud in addition to playing the podcast seeing various comments and the like you will also see a, a link that says support our podcast you can click on that link and support us that way as well and like david said it's optional and we do appreciate any amount that comes our way. Okay, David, what are we going to talk about today? We will talk about uh, the U.S. elections, presidential elections specifically in 2020. Um, That is now voting is done, winner declared, etc. So we'll be getting into what we like to call the good, the bad, the ugly. It's not an award show per se, but... But um, you'll get the gist of it when we get into that uh, topic. Like all of our other episodes, quite a bit we want to talk about. Yes, so indeed. why don't we keep it moving and um, get episode 52 of This and That with David and Brenda started. are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. Well, Brenda, I think that theme music is instantly recognizable by tons of people on this planet, at least of a, above a certain age. Yeah, now, isn't that from what was called Spaghetti Western? Yes, yes. Um, director Sergio Leone, Italian director, created a whole, did westerns, 
with uh, Clint Eastwood as the star. So let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of um, election 2020. All right, ladies first with uh, your good. So let's let's start on a high note. Well, before we do that, why don't we give like a, an overall summary? Who won? Uh, well, for folks who don't know yet, uh, Joseph R. Biden Jr., a.k.a. Joe Biden, uh, was declared the winner of the U.S. presidential election on Saturday, November 7th, 2020. And what's so remarkable about that date? Well, it's a kind of a bookend date because 48 years prior on that day, so for November 7th, 1972. Well, on that day or on that date? doesn't matter. It's on the date. The date, okay. was it the same day? No, I don't think so. It's the same date. Okay. Because it's not, it can't be the same day. Okay. Remove. Okay, okay. By 48 years. Anyway, 48 years ago, this past Saturday, so November 7th, 1972, Joe Biden won his first election to the U.S. Senate, meaning he was going to Washington. So that's just how long he's been around as a player in Washington. So that's kind of like a bookend. On the same date as when he won election for the first time, he was declared the winner by um, the major news organizations, statistical modelers, etc. And from Kamala Harris's standpoint, what's remarkable? Uh, Kamala Harris is the first woman, first woman of any kind of woman, first woman of color, first black woman, and also um, I, I would say the first um, South Asian as well to be elected um, vice president. So she's vice president-elect and Joe, Joe Biden is president-elect. Go so on. Lots of, lots of firsts there. And all, I can keep going. She's the first um, HBCU member to be um, elected to one of those positions. Yay. Because um, Obama was a um, Ivy Leaguer. Uh, so she went to um, Howard. Uh, she's first uh, member of the quote-unquote Divine Nine. So being um, African-American uh, fraternities and sororities, which for those who don't know, forget what you might think about sororities and fraternities in, in the African-American community. They are um, service organizations and it's a for-life thing. So that's a whole show in and of itself to explain that in good detail. So like I said, she has a lot of firsts. They're going to have to update Wikipedia a bunch to, to get them all. All right, so that's a first for um, Mr. Biden. That's a first for Ms. Mrs. Harris. So um, what else was a first? Um, another first is it's a first for the American electorate, the most uh, Americans who voted. Uh, so that was that was the first. We we had over 115 million Americans vote. That's never happened before. It's gonna probably and they're still counting. So it's probably gonna work out to um, somewhere uh, 62 close to two thirds of uh, eligible American voters. And I know for some countries they look at that and go, well, that's not a big deal. In the U.S., that's a big deal. Before that, major turnout was like high 50s. Like Obama, the turnout was about, we'll call it 60%. And that was huge turnout. The biggest turnout was in um, 1960, the presidential election between uh, Richard Nixon, who was then vice president, uh, and um, JFK, John F. Kennedy. Uh, and that was about 64, 65%. So this is going to be around there and it might surpass it. Of course, there are many more people voting than in 1960, because there are many more Americans, many more people on the planet. But as a percentage basis, we'll have to see if it breaks 1960's record or not. Alright, well, that's a pretty good summary of um, some of the highlights of um, the election season. So, why don't we get into our, um, our picks for the good, bad, and the ugly. So, I think I'll start with my good pick, and you already nailed it on the head, the huge voter turnout and the participation. I mean, there were, right now, I think, as you mentioned, close to 150 million, definitely 
there were 144 because there were 74 for um, President-elect Biden. Then there were 70 million right. for um, uh, President Trump. Right. So, um, but, but they're and all, that number is going to get higher. And, and also, remember, they're not the only ones who ran for president. Right. There's the libertarians who were on every ballot in all 50 states. And uh, they picked up probably, you know, they usually pick up around 5 million votes, uh, which is which is what keeps them on the ballot in all 50 states. So they're going to have their votes and then the Green Party and on and on. So there are other people that voted and then people probably did their write-ins, Mickey Mouse, Ronald Reagan, etc. So like disease. we both said, that gonna number grow. is definitely going to grow yeah. because um, they're still counting the... Um, the ballots, right? And we're we, not done. And and we covered this in episode fifty-one, so folks can refer back to episode fifty-one because there's you know disinformation still out there, and all this counting and everything else, nothing untoward or unusual is about it. There's always counting going on. There's counting going on in California. It just doesn't matter because everybody knows California is going to go Democratic. Doesn't matter who the Democrat in the race is. But California hasn't done all their votes. Nobody cares. Wyoming hasn't got it either. But those are not states that decide the election. So this has always happened. Certification in December. Again, episode 51, Miss Brenda and I covered this. So folks can refer back to that. So America, pat yourself on the back. Yes. This and that nation, pat yourself on the back. Um, the voter turnout went was off the charts. It was tremendous. It was and, tremendous. Um, and that says a lot about our wanting to let our voices be heard. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. So David, what's your good pick? Oh, well, my good pick is uh, overall democracy. And by that I mean the mechanics of voting and all the other things. Democracy in the United States is alive and well and actually works. And what I mean by that is all of these systems that you hear about, all those folks who are counting ballots, overseeing the election, and so forth, the vast majority of these folks are volunteers. They're not, there's people who just decided as their civic duty they were going to help out and do this. There are some folks who are on paid staff in various locations doing it, but at your poll workers, again, the folks who are actually counting the votes, moving them about, these are folks who volunteer on these various um, cycles and elections and, and get this stuff done. And some of those volunteers are paid volunteers, but they're not getting paid a whole lot to give up as much time as they do. Because, for example, if you're a poll worker, you're pretty much there from early a.m., like 5.30 or 6 in the morning, until... Everything ends at the end of the, the evening, sometimes 9 and 10 o'clock at night. And, and you speak from experience on Yes, this. and I speak from experience <laughs> on this. Right. And again, you're not getting paid a whole lot of money to spend that much time of your day doing this kind of work. So you have to want to be civic-minded to do this. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's just amazing to me that it's messy but it actually works. And for those of us who were, you know, alive and well, sentient, and, and remember the election in 2000 and hanging chads in Florida and all this other crazy stuff that happened, no, none of that has been reported. There's no kind of weirdness, irregularities, machines that people wanted to vote for, you know, Biden or Trump, and they looked at the um, results if they're in a state that actually shows, you know, the tabulation and the X was in the wrong spot, we didn't have any of this stuff. So, I mean, this is pretty remarkable as far as I'm concerned. And also in the middle of the pandemic, all the mail-in ballots that happen, um, some places only having one drop box, and on and on and on. So, yeah, whether you um, did absentee mail-in voting or whether you did early in-person voting or whether you voted on November 3rd in in person at the um, at your voting precinct 
thank you to all those that participated in voting and you didn't get crazy and you didn't shoot each other and you didn't push and shove and that kind of stuff. Like David said, democracy can be messy, but it worked because you, the people, made it work, along with those who volunteered to help out with the counting and the voting management, etc. All right, that's enough of the high-mindedness. Okay. Let's get to the bad. All right. The bad. Do we have to? Yes. Okay, well, then I guess I'll start out with... Um, you only Trump's get one. Rhetoric. Well, yeah, I could have lots <laughs> of them. But, um, and there are quite a few that fall under the heading of Trump's rhetoric, both during and after the election. And um, one example of that would be when he came on the air and he gave his, I don't know what you call it, his speech to the American public and those who were listening outside of the U.S. to basically say, basically say he won and um, the election was stolen from him. Come on, David. The man didn't win. It's quite obvious. Well, whether he did or not, I, I think, and, and he regrets saying this, but too bad. It's in the, the ether and it'll stay there. I, I think we should hear from uh, Anderson Cooper from CNN, who, because we're not going to play this stuff because it's, those who listen to us know that we don't like we 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 deal in facts and reality and evidence and whatever. And there was so there was none no of that. reality. There was none of that. So we're not going to play what President Trump said, not even high level. But we are going to play how Anderson Cooper, right after hearing it, how he characterized that. And to be fair to him, he regrets saying it now. As he would say he doesn't want to be that guy. But this was his genuine reaction to what he heard. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this from a president of the United States. And uh, I think, as Jake said, it is, it's sad and it is truly pathetic. And, of course, it is dangerous. And, of course, it will go to courts. But you'll notice the president did not have any evidence presented at all. Nothing. No real, actual evidence uh, of any kind of fraud. Talked about people putting up papers in windows. He talked about things that he'd seen on the Internet. That is the president of the United States. That is the most powerful person in the world. And we see him like an obese turtle on his back, flailing in the hot sun, realizing his time is over. But he just hasn't accepted it, and he wants to take everybody down with him, including this country. And I'm sorry, friend. I still think it's funny. Because <laughs> I, I can just see the turtle flailing around. Now, I wonder what Which is a turtle... Fun, Funny, but you know it is. What it kind is of turtle is the big turtle that we would see at the zoo, or is it the smaller turtle that you would see on the side of the road? It's not a turtle; it's a tortoise. Oh, okay. And that's a blade. That's a reference to the Blade Runner movie that's yeah, probably there, there gone is, over so many people's heads there, right there now. There is a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. When Leon asks, what, "What's a tortoise?" and the guy says, "It's kind of like a turtle." <laughs> but I digress. All right, well, and that's that, part of why it's funny to me because that just it reminds me of the whole that whole scene in Blade Runner. Okay, that's my bad, <laughs> and I'm not going to say anymore. What's yours? Oh, so it's not my bad. That's your bad vote. Yes, like, yes, my, yes. <laughs> you confused me there for a little bit. My bad in quotes pick. is yes. My bad pick is all the attempts leading up to the election enduring all through the voting season attempts at voter intimidation voter suppression and so forth oh yeah that was alive and well yes hasn't gone away so things like you know folks getting text messages or emails saying stay in your home don't do this or that you might get you know might get kidnapped there might be violence people showing up with all sorts of Flags and, you know, legal legal carry, but uh, of their long guns, long rifles, ARs, etc. Oh, you can't forget about what happened with the post office. Um, yeah, storming of the post office. No, That's, not storming of the post office, but 
picking up the um the the uh, mailboxes. Picking up the mailboxes. Well, people can drop off their mail. Yeah, absentee ballots and stuff. They picked up mailboxes. You mean you mean drop boxes? Whatever, drop boxes, mailboxes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I didn't know what you meant. Yes, I mean that was going on. That was a blunt attempt at at voter suppression, things like that. Mail carriers throwing things away, some of them. Tinkering with the post office before all these things happened to slow the mail down. All that is no, just... No, they were mailboxes. I, I miss that, moving mail boxes. Yeah, they, they picked up mailboxes. Well, mailboxes are... Because... You know, would take the... You'd have to... Exactly, that's why the mail was slow. Oh, you mean the post office removing mailboxes? Yeah. I'm thinking you're the people are running around in their F-150s taking mailboxes. I'm like, what is she talking about? No, that that was part of that was part of you know systematic trying to slow down the mail. Yes, they got rid of mailboxes in certain locations. They got yeah. rid of processing machines. I wasn't going to go into all the details. No, it was just an example. Yes. Now that I know what you meant. Thank you. Because I'm sitting here thinking, am I going crazy? But Did I, wasn't... I really? Lived through that? Okay. <laughs> Any, anyway. See what I got to deal with people? Uh, it works both ways. It works both ways. But any, anyway, you get the gist. So all those attempts at voter intimidation, voter suppression, um, that for the most part failed given the turnout. Although there, I think there are 130,000 I think ballots the post office never could find. Oh, I, I, I think no it's about one hundred three thousand. Um, until I forget which state, because a, a judge ordered them to go try and find these, and the post office was like, "No, we're not going to." And we'll see how that plays out, because I'm sure that federal judge will not be happy next week that they're you know resisting that order. So that's my bad. So that that's a hint that my ugly must really be ugly if that's my bad pick. Yeah, that so, that right. that is bad. So speaking of ugly, what is your ugly pick? Uh the Trump administration's baseless legal chal- challenges post election. I mean, there are all of these challenges you know you won. that are going to the courts. To basically throw things out, throw votes out. If the votes weren't for him, they're fraudulent. That's that's his legal argument, I think. Why can't you (laughs) be a big boy, put on your big boy pants, and just admit your loss and go home? So now you're the mayor of Philly. Wasn't that from the mayor of Philly? I have no idea. (laughs) I think it's the mayor of Philly that said that. Put on your big boy pants and just go home. Admit defeat, be graceful about it, and call it a day. Well, Mitt Romney was on all the on all the Sunday shows this past weekend, and as he said, you know, that's not who. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. That's not who President Trump is. So no one should be expecting him to act that way. That's just not who he is. And no, I'm not expecting him to act that way, but he should. Yes, but you know, at at best, I think we'll get. When when the whole birther thing went down almost 10 years ago and President Obama brought out the birth certificate and everything else and all, if, if you remember, Trump did this non-apology apology. That's about the best we're going to get is a non-concession concession speech, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, he needs to hurry up, make it, because he's tying up resources that could be going to combat the COVID-19 pandemic crisis that we find ourselves in the middle of. I mean, he's wasting resources. Actually, he's not. I mean, he's not using tax dollars. This is coming out of his he's campaign. He's wasting time. Yes, he, it's time. My, this is my prediction. I understand what you're saying, but this is my prediction. He's going to check out. He's not going to be doing anything. I mean, Mike Pence is going to basically become, you know, the the de facto lame duck president. Either either way, it's wasting time. uh, The resources could be applied to other things that could be saving lives. We kind of disagree on it because the the resources he's wasting are from his campaign. 
He is not using the government's resources to mount a challenge. And when I say resources, I'm not only talking about financial. I'm not talking financial. I'm talking, I'm talking about people. Time. The people aren't government employees. It's really Rudy Giuliani, Corey Lewandowski, and a whole bunch of other people. I don't care what they do. They don't work yeah, for the government. Yeah, but he could be They're putting those scientists. resources to do other things that could benefit the public. You're kidding, right? No. I know he's not going to. No, I mean, those people have nothing to not do kidding. with... they. I mean, decades ago, you know, Giuliani did some public good, but he hasn't done public good, my opinion, in several years. He's been cashing in. In his law firm and his um, um, security firm and a bunch of other stuff, he's been cashing in, which is fine if you're doing, you know, it's okay to cash in if you're doing, you know, up and up work. But the last few years, he's been doing things that are, I would say, questionable. So he doesn't work for the government. He doesn't, he's not even a special assistant to the president. So that's not any skin off of me or you or anybody else. And that's my point. The Trump campaign and those folks, they can fight whatever fight they want want to. It's just, you know, they're wasting resources. It's the media's resources where the media could potentially be educating people on what to do or not to do. Thanksgiving's coming up. Should you have that gathering with even 10 people, with you know, when COVID-19 is raging? 10 people you don't live with? Yeah, well, that's Probably an example not. of wasting resources. Wasting resources. But that's, they have to make a choice. The media have to make a choice. And the other night when you you alluded to this, when the president came out and made his baseless allegations, all the broadcast networks, you know, they didn't wait for that to end. They cut away long before it was over. The cable you know, news network showed the whole thing, as you would think. So the media has a choice to make. And I think they're going to make increasingly make the choice when this stuff comes up. They're just going to do do other things. So I, I don't think it's going to be a waste of, of resource, per se. Well, I hope that is the case. But what I meant by checking out, I mean, it's, if, if, and I, it's a big if in my and, mind. And um, I think folks get the gist <laughs> of what you mean by checking out. Okay, fine. That's so, that's a hint, this yes. is that nation, that we need to move on. The clock yes. is ticking. Keep on moving, remember? <laughs> okay, fine. Song um, you played at the beginning. <laughs> Keep on moving. Do we and, need to start and I think this is again? where I say, look what I have to live with, folks. As I said, it works both ways. There's more this and that with David and Brenda after this short break. Here's what people are saying about this and that with David and Brenda. Thank David and thank you, Brenda, for what you guys are doing. It's this and that actually with David and Brenda. Great podcast. I like what you guys are doing. Continue engaging folks and starting dialogue. That's what this is all about. You guys are good. I look forward on hearing more from you throughout the coming years. And now, more this and that with David and Brenda. So what's your ugly? Essentially, all the baseless allegations, not just from, you know, President Trump, but from um, his allies and others. Baseless allegations that of cheating, elections being stolen, no concession speech, and all this other post-election nonsense. And having recounts, okay, fine. And that recounts usually don't flip that many votes. But even if they did, I mean, having recounts, that's fine. If there were some things that needed to be investigated, that would be fine. But this is just nonsense. This is not how things work. You can't... And, and all you have to do is apply logic to it. And, and I'll, I'll just use a sports analogy. I won't even get into elections illegally. This is a sports analogy. Let's say... Brent, this is a football game, Brenda. And let's say that Trump and their folks, they're the coaches for a certain side. Are they, they playing s- the Um... <laughs> Does anyone really play the Bengals? Do the Bengals really play? Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow plays, but that's another story. Um, I don't know why you just messed me up. You completely messed me up now with that psychologically. Um, and thankfully, they had a bye week this past week, so we didn't have to worry about whether they were going to win or lose or whatever. But anyway, they're. Just stop it. Don't say anything. Just stop it. Let me just get this out for folks. 
Fine, go ahead. You can't help yourself. At least, at least they weren't playing the poke. <laughs> Sorry, all our friends in Atlanta and this and that nation. Yes, the Falcons. Although they would say that they're turning it around now, I guess. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna hear that one, yes. The mail and text messages are flying now. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's say Trump is a coach of, of it doesn't matter who's playing. Football team A, football B team Trump. And team A, let's say, makes a, a a first down to keep a drive alive. And team Trump people, they're like the per the, the guy stepped out of bounds, stepped on the sideline and it wasn't called. They don't float, throw the challenge flag. And let's say this, that team A goes on to, to score. Now we're down to the fourth quarter, and that score from, let's say, the first quarter is the deciding factor. This would be like Trump, the coach, going to the official and saying, I want you to go review that call from the first quarter where the guy stepped out of bounds. Brenda, it doesn't work that way. You should have brought it up at the time. What are they going to do with that? Even if you're right, what are they going to do with that? Look at They're you not like going to replay crazy. the whole... Exactly. You should have brought it up then. And that's how all these election things happen. You can't come up at the end and just start screaming and hollering, oh, there's all these irregularities. What irregularities? Who Do you have stuff that's documented at the time with you know affidavits and other folks who were on the record, name, will swear a court of law and go to jail if, it, if people find out they lied? You have any of that? Oh, you don't? Well, go away then. I mean, this is this is what I call nonsense. Because even if you're right, what is somebody going to do with that? And we know for a fact the stuff that they raise, they're wrong. Because in a lot of cases, like Philadelphia, they're making a big fuss about Philadelphia. Well, newsflash, despite what they've said, Philadelphia, the election machinery, the, the official in charge, they're all Republicans. Philly is a democratic city, but it doesn't matter. The person in charge of the election machinery is a Republican. So they are basically saying Republican and other people that that person appointed are in some conspiracy with Joe Biden to take the election away from Trump. It makes no sense. And oh, by the way, they did such a poor job of it. He actually got more votes in Philly than he did in 2016. That's another part of the nonsense. When you actually look at the vote count, He's gotten more votes out of Philly than he did before. So if it was a conspiracy to take votes away, wouldn't they take votes away? And we could just debunk all these, all the stuff that's out there. Yeah, it we just could, gives me a headache. Guess, guess and that's where the waste, of, right? And that's where the waste of time comes in. But again, it's not government resources. It's up from federal judges that are just going to shake their heads and admonish people who go to court with this stuff. No, they're going to pull their hair out. Well, a little bit they well, have. No, exactly. So that's that's my ugly. All right, Wait. so do we have a dishonorable mention? Yes, um, as you kind of alluded to, we could, for all these categories, even the good, we could have multiple things, but we, we said we were going to only pick one. But there was another one that uh, Brenda and I agreed on that was so egregious we had to bring it up, and that has to do with the Trump rallies. Oh, don't get me started on that. These rallies were... What were people thinking? Why did they go to those? And the sad part about it is, it has been proven empirically, scientifically, that these rallies cause people to get sick and die. This has been traced and documented in multiple states. It is not a question at all. I mean, that's how... And they've contributed to some of these states... Herman Cain is one of those that they can't prove definitively uh, at the time because just because I, I won't get into the, all those reasons. But when you look at the circumstantial evidence, more than likely that is where at that rally in Tulsa is where he got sick. And then, you know, because of the timeline and everything. But these other cases I'm talking about, there's no there's no question about about that. I mean, it's like the Sturgis motorcycle rally. And these these things not only get individuals sick. They go back to their communities and they spread it around. So, you know, you could see when he went to Mount Rushmore right after that, South Dakota went, you know, that's when they just spiked and they've never come back down since. 
And he just can follow him around, him being Trump around, and he's a super spreader. Yep, and let's um, not forget about at the White House. Well, yeah, they're going through their third outbreak now by my, that we know of because they keep things secret. Uh, the chief of staff, it was disclosed on um, Friday or Saturday uh, that he, Mark Meadows, the chief of staff to the president, um, has COVID-19. And they were trying to keep that a secret and prior from to the that, American public. You had Chris Christie and... Oh, there, um, there's so many other folks um, that are Kaylee McEnany, the names. press secretary. Yes, I mean it's and like I said that we and there are a lot of other people that we don't know about. Lots of Secret Service agents who had to do things be, because they're protecting all these folks and so on and so forth. But the rallies were just an abomination. David, now you do realize election 2020 is not over. It's not over? Nope. The election's not over? Nope, it's not over. And you know all of the uh, final counting that's been going on in the battleground states to figure out if Biden won versus Trump? Right, which is normal, as we've said a million times now, it seems. Yeah, well, how normal is it to have an... A runoff. Well, in the southern states, it's not uncommon. Let's put it that way. Well, there is an election runoff that will be happening in the battleground state of Georgia. And those two U.S. Senate seats that's up for grabs plays a major part in who's going to have control of the government once Biden gets into office. It's one runoff election day, which is January 5th, 2021. Right. The election 2020 is spilling over into the year 2021. So it's not over. Yes. My understanding is in in Georgia, you've, you've got the two Senate seats that have a runoff. And there's some other things that are having runoffs as well. And the and names these... of the two contenders... For the um, seats or pastor, well, why not? Well, let's, well, let's do the because they're two different elections. Let's let's put everything out there so people can know what's what. Okay. So there is a normal. Usually, you only have one senator up at a time in these states, and senators have six-year terms so that they don't overlap. But because of a lot of special circumstances that we're not going to get into here. Georgia has both Senate seats up for grabs. They have the normal Senate election seat, which is um, essentially that is Senator David Perdue, the Republican, the incumbent. And he's being challenged by a young guy, uh, former journalist, um, activist, etc., John Ossoff. Don't ask me to spell his name. No, I thought um, no. Perdue was being... No, it's Ossoff against against Purdue. Okay. And then you have the special election where Kelly Loeffler is the incumbent and she ended up in that seat and she's having um, to face the challenger, the Democrat, um, Warnock, who's pastor. pastor. I forget his first name. Sorry, but he's pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. Yes, that Ebenezer Baptist Church, the one that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a pastor of, and before that, his father, Dr. Martin Luther King Sr. was. So that's those are the two different elections. That is spilling over into 2021. Yes, exactly. Okay. Because Georgia and a lot of southern states have this rule that if you don't win by 50, at least 50%, then it goes to a runoff, and these things, it's part of the racist past of the South, my opinion. I don't think anyone on this. That's why these runoffs were created. Okay. System. But January 5th, away is the final date for the in-person uh, voting where you actually go to the poll and cast your vote. Well, but there are other dates prior to that that our this and that listeners that are in Georgia or people who... Who are residents. Right, who are residents. Or people who know of family or friends that live in Georgia... Because it's or, a statewide election. Or our residents of Georgia that don't live in the state. Like if well, you're military. True. You can do mail-in. Exactly. So let's let's 
put this out because we, we might have confused people a little bit. So November 18th is the date when absentee ballots will start going out. So I understand from some of our listeners that are down there that actually if you have an absentee ballot, there's like a little box that says, check it. Yes, keep sending me absentee ballots. And there's some people who are automatically going to get these absentee ballots. If you're not one of those folks, if you have no idea and you live in Georgia or you're a Georgia resident. Call your Board of Elections. Right. And get an absentee ballot. So, And the military, I know they're handled a completely different way, but the military is going to vote again as well. But again, call your Board of Elections. Right, exactly. In your county that you're a resident of. Um, December 7th is the voter registration deadline. If for some reason you are a resident of the state of Georgia and the Biden-Harris-Trump-Pence election and all these other elections wasn't enough for you to register or get ready to vote, or if circumstances or, were such that you, maybe you just got your rights back or and maybe, now you can register. Or maybe now you're just excited and you want to be a part of the voter process. Whatever the reason is, if you're eligible to vote, but you're not registered in the state of Georgia, you, you have until, until December, December 7th to get registered. So December 7th, that should be easy date if you know history. December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day, Day of the Living Infamy. That's the date, the last date you have to get registered in the state of Georgia for the special election. Now, December 14th is when um, in-person early voting begins in the state of Georgia. And I know unlike here in Southwest Ohio, where you have to go to there's just one place per county, and you have to go to your county board of elections office in Georgia, looking at the photos, clearly they had multiple places you could go vote. But again, if you don't know where you're supposed to go vote, as Brenda would say, contact your board of elections and find out where, you're, where you can go do this early voting. Because you've got multiple options, clearly. And the last possible date that you can vote is? Well, I, the, la the date of the runoff election is January 5th. I tried to find the last date for early voting. I couldn't find that. Okay. So I don't know if they can early vote up to January 4th or not. I don't know if they're open Christmas and New Year's. Again, call, call your, your <laughs> Exactly. We're giving you the major key dates. And like Brenda said... This election will determine the so-called balance of power in the Senate, which also will dictate in Congress. Because if the Democrats win both of those seats, then they will end up with 50 Senate seats. And when Kamala Harris, as her role of vice president, one of the things she is is the president of the Senate. So if there are any tie votes, she would break the vote. Uh, the tie, rather. And that also means because she would break the tie, the Democrats control the Senate, and so Mitch McConnell would no longer be majority leader. Um, Chuck Schumer, more than likely for the Democrats, would become majority leader. I don't think there's anybody challenging him and on now, that. And I do believe and that's a big deal because we have talked in the past that Mitch McConnell basically is sitting on a lot of legislation or bills that have come his way from the House that he refuses to bring to the floor of the Senate. Right. His nickname is Dr. No. That's not Brendan Davis' nickname for him. That is his official nickname in Washington, D.C. Because stuff comes his way and he basically says, no, we're not doing it. He's, and yes, that's a big deal because a whole bunch of, for example, this relief for the pandemic, the, the House passed the bill way back in March. Senate's done nothing about it. There's a lot of talk. A lot of, you know, ostensible negotiation. If Chuck Schumer was in charge, they would have passed something a long time ago. And that's just one, that's just one example of how things change. Or as, as somebody said a long time ago, elections have consequences. So if they don't win both seats, then the Republicans will retain control. So again, if you live in the, the state of Georgia, if you're a res resident and um, this is important to you, you want to keep these dates in mind and go and vote again because the history is that when people are asked to come for a runoff,
they don't come back to the polls. That's correct. And so they're not anticipating the vote count to be very high. I, I think they're going to be surprised, just like they were before. I think that and the I hope same so. organizations that were out there before are going to, on both sides, are going to whip up their vote. I think this is going to be like a probably a record turnout for a runoff election. Maybe not just in Georgia, but runoff election anytime, anywhere in the United States. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. So you, if you want your voice to be heard again at the ballot box for this very important um, contest that is being waged for the who's going to control the U.S. Senate and ultimately Congress um, come the Biden administration, then I think you want to get to the ballot box precincts in um, in January if you are a resident of Georgia. Or prior. And even if the Senate weren't at stake, these four folks are very different. So yeah, again, you have Warnock against Kelly Loeffler and Ossoff versus Purdue. They All four of these candidates are very different and they had... Um, um, debates and the like, so you can do the research online, you can Google, see where they stand as far as various um, issues that may be important to you. So regardless of who controls the Senate, just at that basic level, if you care about uh, what can happen in your state, things that affect you, you're going to want to vote on this because, again, they are very, very different. As far as uh, what they believe in, what they want to see happen. Again, let's make clear who the incumbents incumbents are, meaning the people that are currently in the seats that are trying to hold off the contenders, and the contenders being the two individuals that will give power to the Democrats so that they have control over the Senate. The incumbents are, and both of the incumbents are Republicans. You have David Perdue, um, who's incumbent senator, and in one seat, and you have Kelly Loeffler, who's a, the incumbent senator, in the other seat. And again, David Perdue is being challenged by John Ossoff. Kelly Loeffler is being challenged by Pastor Warnock. And Warnock and Ossoff are Democrats. So I think we've done our civic duty there as far as letting people know about the, the special election. Um, we, we also kind of mentioned that counting is still happening. Uh, the Secretary of State has ordered a hand recount because the Trump campaign um, exercised their rights and asked for it. And they're going to hand recount all the millions of ballots that were cast in the election and you in the state of Georgia. You literally mean yes. count by hand. Count by hand. Not run them through the machines it's, again. Isn't that going to take a while? Yes. Um, he gave an interview and he looked just exasperated, but you know he's following, literally following orders. They are recruiting now for people to go do this because they have to have this done um, really within a week, a little bit. It's like tw- by November 20th, they have to have this wrapped up because of other dates that fall down the line. And they're counting millions? Yes. So they're going to be working weekends, night and day, etc. They're recruiting for more people. I'm sure they're not happy campers about it. And as the guy said, and what by the guy, I mean, um, he's, I, I forget his name, but he's like the director of, of um, elections board, etc. Um, and he said that he doesn't, because the way recounts work, you're not going to see, you might see swings of, you know, a few hundred votes, but you don't see swings of even a thousand of votes, let alone tens of thousands of votes. And Biden's lead has been growing every, you know, as they keep counting ballots. And it's, you know, in, in the tens of thousands right now, um, which, you know, in a state of millions doesn't sound like a lot. But when you get into the recount world, that's a lot. So he says, and he's a Republican, he's like, the odds, it's not going to be overturned. 
more than likely. And, but there will be changes because, and he says part of the reason they'll change. He was just really honest about it. He says people are going to make mistakes recounting these ballots by hand because there's a difference in what the scanner sees as far as what bubble and what humans see, and especially after periods of time. He says so. Some some of the changes may not be they catch mistakes. It just will be human error. And that's just the way that is. Well, I applaud. <laughs> he was very upfront about that. I applaud, <laughs> and I say thank you to everyone who is going to be involved in this um, this poll work or recounting work because that's a lot to ask of them, someone to give of their personal time to do this. Uh, what what is being considered. Their civic duty, especially the volunteers, because again, as we mentioned, not most of these folks who come out to help run elections are volunteers, and in some cases, they're you know paid little to next to nothing. It's like token payment that you know you'll be able to buy your lunch off of or something. That's about it. Well, again, my hat's <laughs> off to all. That time, I applaud all. That is definitely a summary of are the good, the bad, and the ugly. Comments? Send your feedback to thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com It looks like we've reached the end of episode 52 of This and That with David and Brenda. It's now time to wrap up the episode... Bundle it up and upload it to the cloud. And before we do that, let's um, talk about our playlist for this edition. We started out with... Keep on moving. Soul to soul. And then it wraps up with... The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly theme song from the movie, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, directed by Sergio Leone. The music was by... Uh, Ennio Morricone, might be mispronouncing first name, but I think that's how you pronounce the name. One of the things we want to remind folks, we are really getting into the throes of the second surge of COVID-19. Or third, depending on how you count. So what should folks remember that we've been trying to tell them to do since February? The three W's, for, for starters... That's wear a mask, wash your hands, and watch your distance. And, of course, by now, hopefully folks realize that distance really should be 12 feet. At least 9 feet, but I would say 12 feet. And the other because thing, we're way past droplets. The other thing to add to that list, because we're coming up on Thanksgiving, watch where you um, decide... To spend your Thanksgiving outings. Be very careful about where you're going to do your risky behavior. And for those who get the e-blast, in the e-blast, in the extra, extra, extra section, talk about one tool in particular from um, Georgia Tech that you can plug in, you can go to your county, anywhere in the United States, and say, gee, if I'm in a crowd of 10 people, 100 people, 1,000, so on, it'll show you what is your percentage that uh, coronavirus is there. And um, that those results may shock you a little bit. And the other thing that folks need to think about, when you wear your mask, wear your mask. Don't keep it underneath your nose or underneath your chin. It should be covering up your nose and your mouth. That's what we mean by wear your mask. Bottom line, this and that nation and those who are listening to us, be careful. So until the next time, folks, uh, be safe. All the best. Stay woke. And peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com Music by Poddington Bear Please subscribe to our podcast 
so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.